0: Hello, welcome to the JNP cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question, what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actually participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? On today's episode, we transition from Paul's warnings to the church in Colossae into Paul's practical teachings of the implications of the things that we have been looking at throughout this entire season. I hope something in this message encourages you today. How do we, as followers of Jesus, process, take actions, and live our life in the world that seemingly says that Jesus, our King, and his kingdom is irrelevant? Where is it that we start when we begin to look at the things, and process the things that are going on around us personally, but also on a societal level? When you and I approach our week, when we go through the ideas and the the routines and we go through the calendar and we see what our week is going to look like, how do you and I see those things and how do we process them? Paul, in this section, is going to be bringing some very practical insights into the ways that the followers of Jesus both look for and process the things that happen in and around them. If you have been tracking with us through this letter, we are now transitioning out of warnings and into a very practical teaching about what it is to know, grow, and show Christ in us. Paul is going to transition the subject through the form of two questions. Last week, we looked at this question, if we have died with Christ, why do we still look like we're living in the world? Today, we are going to be looking at a new question that Paul is going to ask. The question that Paul is going to ask this church and you and I is, if we have been raised with Christ, then what should our lives look like? Maybe today is less of a question and more of a statement that Paul is trying to bring forth for this church in Colossae and for you and me today. It's just like Paul to take this image of death and life and bring them together to a full picture of what it means to walk with Christ. Paul is inviting this church into the opportunity that we have to live through Christ. Before he gets into actual, very practical and specific ways that these things will manifest in this church's life and your and I's life, he wants us to first ask this question on what are our eyes on and what are we thinking about? In other words, what do we see and how are we processing the things that are coming through our life? Let's read this first part. So this is Colossians chapter 3. And I'm just going to be reading verse 1 for right now. If then you have been raised with Christ, so there's the question, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. If you have been raised with Christ, Christ's resurrection has an effect on every followers of Jesus' life. Our life looks different because of the death that we shared with Christ on the cross. And just like we were reminded of that last week, Paul is now saying that just like our life is different because of the death of Christ, so shall our life look different because of the resurrection of Christ. Whether we like it or not, death is an essential part of the process of walking out your faith with Jesus. But death does not have the final say. There is a resurrection to come. Some of us have done things in our life in the name of Jesus. We have genuinely felt the call to step out and to do certain things. And when we've done these things, if we're honest, when we look at the results, we see death. We don't see the things that we dreamed of. We don't see the things that we were hoping for. I've got good news for you today. Death will never have the final say. Our Father is the Father of resurrection, and He will resurrect certain things that we sacrifice for Him, certain seeds that we have placed in the ground. Just like with a seed, when you put it in the ground, it looks like nothing is going to happen, and yet you pour a little water on it, and through time and through seasons, growth begins to happen, fruit begins to form. But when you first start with the seed, it has to almost die in order for life to come up. Today, we're going to be looking at the resurrection, the life that we get to live in Christ. Before we do that, it's interesting to me that in both of these questions that we looked at this week and last, Paul uses this word with. You see, Christ's death was one that he had to experience. And yet, for you and for me, we now actually put ourselves with him in that death. Jesus was a real man. He really came to this earth. He lived. He taught. He did the things that were written in the book. And he died on that cross. And he rose from the dead. And Paul is telling us that in that death and in that resurrection, you and I get to be participants within it. He is saying to us that the father of all things desires to be with us. This is a powerful truth when we begin to understand what this means as we walk out our walk with Jesus Christ. You see, we don't do things out of a place of trying to earn it. We do things within the reality that the Father is walking with us through his Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are never alone as followers of Jesus. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. That's what Paul says to the church in Romans. I'm kind of going off script, but that's okay. I think it's an important truth for us to remember today. So to dive back into this message specifically, what does Paul say after he asked this question, if we have been raised with Christ? He says, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Seeking isn't a passive word, but it is an active one. In other words, you and I, as we follow Jesus, we're not going to accidentally see his kingdom. We're not going to accidentally see his kingship in the midst of our life. No, Paul is telling us that we need to seek this out. We need to look for it. We need to pay attention. In other places in the, Old, in the New Testament, they use this image of staying awake. You know, that idea in our culture of being woke is one that actually is rooted in Scripture. It's this idea of being fully awakened to the reality that is going on around us. You see, in our world, that wokeness comes from a place of physical realm. But in Christ, there is a spiritual realm that we are aware of. There is a heavenly realm that we are aware of. And Paul is telling us and telling this church in Colossae, that Jesus is king and that he is Lord and his kingdom is coming into our cities. He's coming into our neighborhoods. And we have an opportunity to see this happen. This isn't a hypothetical future. This is a reality that you and I get to stay awake to. But it is very easy for us to fall asleep. It is very easy for us to stop looking for the ways that Jesus is king in our life and in those lives around us. Disappointment, fear, anxiety, depression, lust, pride, selfishness, ambition. There's all sorts of things that can get in the way of us paying attention to the ways that Jesus is in our midst. Paul is telling this church that our life we now live is not only accomplished by and through Christ, but this new life is actually for him. Paul is going to say to this church and to you and me, when we begin our days, when we look at our schedules, when we look at the things and the tasks and the different places that we have to go within our day, we need to begin by asking this question. Where am I going to see Christ's kingdom today? Through the different interactions, through the different moments that I have today, There is an opportunity for me to see Jesus as king. There is an opportunity for me to see his kingdom. Now these moments aren't all going to be this climactic thing. It's not going to be necessarily this big existential reality that we experience. No, it's often going to be in the everyday small moments. There's an opportunity to see him and to see him clearly. My wife uses this term. It's brilliant. She says that these are the mustard seed moments of life. You see, they seem insignificant. And yet when we begin to focus on it, we actually end up seeing his kingdom everywhere. It spreads. It's beautiful. But how do we know what to look for? Paul is going to give us some insight into this in this next verse. So this is verse 2. Let's read this together. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Paul is now moving from saying, encouraging this church to seek Christ, to seek his kingdom, to see how it is around us, to now saying that when we process these things, when we, when we think about the things that we are going on in our life, Would we not think about them in a way that's defined by the circumstances or the things that we physically see around us? That might sound a bit abstract, and so I'm going to try to break that down practically to what does that mean. Paul is asking this church, what does our prayer life look like with Christ? What is the conversations that we have with people consist of? What keeps us up at night? What drives us? What motivates us? What draws us in? Our minds are to be above and not below. Now, if we've been following Jesus for a while, we need to be careful how we hear this. You see, this used to be actually one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And it's so funny because it's not that it's not anymore. But the reason why I like it so much today is so different than the reason why I liked this verse in high school. You see, when I read this verse in high school and it said, seek things that were above. What I thought that meant was, Josiah, one day you're going to be in heaven. And when you're in heaven, these things that seemingly bug you today will no longer be relevant. So, Take everything that you're going through in life with a grain of salt because in the light of eternity, a lot of these things won't matter. Now, I'm not saying that there's not some good biblical truth in that, but the reality is this is not what Paul is talking about in this passage. You see, when we grow up in the church, we can sometimes fall into this heaven mindset, and and I want to be very careful, so please follow what I'm trying to say. It's not that we don't look forward to going to heaven one day, but the reality is when Jesus came into this earth and he started leading his disciples, there's a lot of significance behind this. And maybe when we're out of Colossians, I'll do a, um, a message on the Lord's prayer. But essentially, there's a significance when the disciples ask Jesus, what, how do we pray? this question was actually a very Jewish question to ask because in the Old Testament, there's this prayer called the Shema, which is the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, You may or may not be familiar with that, but essentially that was the prayer of the Jews within the Old Testament. And so when the disciples were asking Jesus, how do we pray? What they were actually asking is, how are your followers What is their prayer supposed to look like? And so when we dive into that prayer, we see this line. It says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so when Paul says, set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth, a way that we could understand what he is saying is he's saying That our prayer as a follower of Jesus, our lifestyle that we are living, is that the kingdom of God would come from heaven to earth. And so what Paul is saying is that when you and I process the things that are going on in our life, both from a micro sense of what's happening with us personally, with our family, with our friends, with our co-workers, but also from a more global sense of what's happening in our city, our nation, our country, the world, Paul is saying, do not start your processing from the things that you see on earth, but start your processing through the way of the kingdom. Through the mindset of the Father who is, who is graciously imparting his kingdom in this earth, through Jesus Christ, our King, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, there's a different shift that Paul is trying to get us to have. This is the shift of the kingdom coming to earth. He is saying, do not let what happens on earth define who you are or what you do. Do not let the evil, the injustice, the brokenness, the destruction, the temptations, do not let them speak a greater word than the kingdom. There's a lot of bad news going out there right now. I don't know when you're listening to this, but I cannot fathom a time where you cannot just turn on your TV and click on the news and see so much horrendous things that are all going on. And yet there's a different narrative that we as followers of Jesus choose to believe. We do not neglect the evil or the injustice that is happening. No, we as sons and daughters choose to intentionally enter into those places And bring light and hope and joy through the power of the Holy Spirit. For our Father's kingdom is invading earth. So what is your starting place as you approach the things of your life? Where is your focus? How do you process the micro and macro moments of our life? Paul is reminding this church to seek Him. To let it be all through Him through the eternal perspective, through an eternal mindset, that we approach the things that we occur in life. We know where we are heading. All things are being reconciled to Him. Would our lives recognize and reflect this truth, both from an all-creation standpoint and as an individual one as well? Let's hear what Paul has to finish with today. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. That was verse 4 in chapter 3, Colossians. Here we see that Paul is touching on a beautiful truth that's so important as a follower of Jesus, that we carry this in our mind, that we carry this in our heart. That we carry this throughout our days and throughout our lives. And that is this reality. That Christ is in us. The hope of glory. And although there may be brokenness around us. There might be brokenness that still exposes itself within us. It will not have the final say. The resurrection has happened and it is now becoming in more fuller effect. You see, this is what some scholars call the already and not yet period of life. You see, Christ has already died on the cross. You and I are already declared new. We are already given a new identity as sons and daughters. And the seal of this, the promise of this, the assurance of this, is that the Holy Spirit now dwells in us. As we've already seen throughout this series on Colossians, the Father will not force our hand and therefore we still have a choice in whether or not we're going to submit to the Holy Spirit's leading. We are in this in-between stage because of the mercy of the Father. You see, if he finishes everything that he has set out to do, then that means that the invitation for us to experience his love and his grace and his mercy and to receive our adoption and our acceptance into this family, if, if he finishes it to full completion, then that means that those who have not seen or heard this invitation or those who have said no to it will not be able to join in. And so for the Father to not have it in completion, it's an act of mercy. He's giving all of humanity more time to have an opportunity to say yes to Him. We as followers of Jesus have said yes to Him. And our life is to point to this truth that He is good, that He is faithful, that He is King, that He loves us, that He is for us, and that He's inviting us into a new way of being. And until he comes back, that is our mission, that is our privilege, that is our opportunity as followers of Jesus. And so there's this already and not yet because of the mercies of the Father. And so what Paul is doing in this moment is he's reminding this church and he is reminding you and me there is an end date in mind. This will all be coming to completion one day. So yes, we are hidden in Christ. We are found in Him. And one day this will become fully actualized. The, dis- the things of this world will pass away. The things that are not of Him. What does that mean? Well, it means that brokenness, anxiety, depression, sickness, evil, death will all be removed from the experience of humans. We will fully experience all that God is completely uninterrupted. This is good news for those who are in Christ Jesus. And this is good news for all who choose to follow him. So Paul reminds this church that there's an eternal story going on in our midst. And we have the opportunity to see it, to process it, to participate in it. So in closing, I want us to relook at the questions that we asked in the beginning of this podcast, of the beginning of this episode, and think how might Paul respond to these questions now that we've heard what he said. So what were the questions? The questions were this, How do we as followers of Jesus process, take actions, and live our life in a world that seemingly says Jesus and his kingdom is irrelevant? What is our starting place when we begin to look at these things and process the things that are going on around us personally, but also on a societal level? So I want you to think about that, how Paul might answer those questions or how Paul might respond to those questions. Here's what I kind of came up with. So I think that Paul is reminding this church and you and I that the Father's kingdom is in our midst. Regardless of if we're aware of it or not, it is easy to miss it. Even for followers of Jesus, if we are not actively seeking it out, we will be blind to it. We don't look through our days and our circumstances through our own lens but through the king's perspective. We start with the belief that Jesus is king and his kingdom is in our midst, both locally and globally. Instead of processing things and making finale statements over the things that we experience, we choose to put our trust in a greater story and to actively see his kingship and his kingdom that is in our midst. Would our minds be captivated by him alone, Jesus Christ our King? Would we live through Christ in us? Would we not be distracted but focused on him? And finally, would we remember that we are in this already and not yet experience of life? There is more to come. There is a day of completion coming where we will be fully alive in him, no longer marked by the sin of ourselves or others, no longer experiencing the pain and the suffering and death and loss and experiencing evil things, but we will live in full freedom in him. And until that day comes, we will see the ways that it's already here. It's already happening. This is not a one-day reality. This is an implication. This is an implementing story. We are in the already and not yet. There is more that we get to experience on this day than yesterday. Would we look for him? Would we see him? Would we experience him in new ways? Would we actively seek him out? Would we process the things of our life through his mindset, through this eternal perspective of his kingdom invading earth? Would we say yes to this invitation to participate? Father, I thank you for today. And I just ask that you would just anchor in our hearts and in our souls the things that were from you in this message. Let the things that were not be dissipated. Father, would we see your invitation and would we say yes to it again today in a fresh way. Thank you for the ways that you will reveal your kingdom to us today. Thank you that you are King, that you are Lord, that you are faithful, that you are intentional, that you are drawing near to us. Oh Father, would we see you in new and fresh ways in those mustard seed moments. Father, we are actively looking for you. We are thinking about you. We want to walk with you, Jesus. Thank you that we discovered that you actually are thinking about us, that you are looking to us, and that you are inviting us to walk with you. You want to walk with us. Father, we say yes today. We love you and we thank you for the ways that you have shown up and the ways that you are going to continue to show up in our, through our lives. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope something in this has encouraged you. If you're wanting to stay up to date on our weekly episodes, the best way to do that is to subscribe to this channel on whatever platform you're listening to. If you're looking for further resources such as music recommendations or book recommendations, can I encourage you to follow us at the JNP cast on Instagram and Facebook. I hope you'll consider joining us as we continue to ask this question, what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actually participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? Have an awesome day.